0: Log Talk Radio. Everybody, it is June fourth, twenty twenty one, and you are listening to Fright Talk. This is Nadine Tabj, and I'm here with my brother and my fantastic co-host, Billy
1: B J Jones. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone's doing well.
0: And it's so great for you guys to join us. I want you to know that every time we're not having our show, we are definitely missing our our listeners, and and we're always you guys are always reaching out to us. So we really, really appreciate that, folks. And today we're going to venture in, Billy, to the Axeman. And, you know, it's interesting because I like when we we go into topics that people are not too familiar with. And I don't think many from people are familiar with the Axeman's true story because it is a right. serial killer case. And I don't think many people are familiar with that. So I really enjoy when we have these episodes that we kind of dive in and scratch the surface of, Maybe a topic that people are not as familiar with as maybe some of the other notorious uh, serial killers or topics.
1: and Folks, you know the Axeman. It, you know we're, it, he's commonly known as the Axeman of New Orleans. He was an early 20th century serial killer who murdered people not only in New Orleans, Louisiana, but also in neighboring communities. So tonight we're going to take a deeper dive into this story. Quite fascinating. And if at any time you'd like to speak to us during this live podcast, call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. But we already know how the folks operate already, right, Nadine? They prefer to inbox us. So here are your options. (laughs) The first is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolks at gmail.com. Or frighttalkguys at gmail.com. Again, that's frighttalkguys. At gmail.com or on dean's social media, he, we try to monitor it as we're having this live podcast. You can reach him at n t a b s d h on Instagram. And so, Nadine, I have to share uh, a comment. I mentioned one of my one of our our, our fans mentioned in a message. She said, "Oh my gosh, the accident! I was waiting for you to do this." And I said, "Why?" So we're hoping to have this whole conversation online. And so he said, no, just because, you know, you've got to cover all these cool things. It is super exciting. So we hope we, we won't disappoint tonight. Thank you, listener. And this is for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, folks, for those of you not familiar with the Axe Fan, I'm going to try to simplify it. In the earliest, uh, early 20th century, there was uh, a few murders that took place in Louisiana, in New Orleans anyway. And um, nobody ever caught the killer there were suspects but nobody uh, uh, nobody ever caught the killer there were six victims in total and the calling card was an axe was used maybe not necessarily in the act because in mm-hmm. one case i know that you know uh, he got violent some other way but then used an axe at the end and so that's the general story there's uh, six victims and a mystery as to who this person was and why he decided to go about Doing the things he did and some of the mysterious circumstances and some of the people that were targeted. I would like to mention, folks, that uh, viewer listening is advised because as we uh, discuss our serial killer shows and the different ones that we do, we always mention that this is not for children. This is for – so you're listening at your own discretion. Um, This is for uh, people who are old enough that it is okay and they do not need their parents' permission (laughs) to hear the show. So please just keep in mind that listener discretion is advised. Interesting
1: enough that Dean Moore, I found his case quite interesting because he murdered Italian immigrants. And Correct. that was yeah. very interesting between the time of, of May 1918 to October 1919. And so even though for a year, folks, imagine, I mean, it's no different than like the pandemic. Our world was we're still in chaos but our world was definitely in chaos a year ago and not knowing wanting it to end the fear the unknown okay well let's just put another layer on that called a serial killer right it's so interesting in the is that he killed folks by the name title ax man right even in the spelling if you look online at how he spells i would think that an ax man would be two words but in truth it's one word and right. One of the things that was interesting is that he killed victims, but he he killed males who may have obstructed his, I guess, his, his attack on the women. But he did kill male and females. But
0: mm-hmm. these
1: folks, many of their, their deaths, Nadine, were uh, somewhere asleep. They were living their lives. Yeah. Whether they right. were in the back of their store going to do what they needed to do to open or close shop or perhaps asleep, asleep in many cases and it that concerns me because then it makes me question what was security like on a home
0: right back
1: in the early 20th century right?
0: right right and and obviously we live in a much different time i mean you know there in that particular time in a lot of places across america people lived with their doors unlocked right so this the the sense of being secure in your own home was significantly greater Mm-hmm. when it comes to the axe in one of those uh what I don't know if it was the first set of victims but he did enter the home of uh, a husband and wife couple that owned a grocery store they were grocers and he he killed them by slitting their throat and then he uh pummeled them with the axe and so as we go through and we um look at that we say well the, i think people are more um a lot a lot worse things have happened since then. And I think that um, in the early part, people had a sense of maybe this can't happen to me or this can't happen in my neighborhood. So we leave our doors open and we leave our, our, our drapes are open. And, and there's a lot of uh, this, I guess, letting your guard down at this time. So I think because we're in a different time from that perspective, um, I think we all live with our doors locked. We all live making sure our doors are locked because we're more aware of crime today than I think individuals were back then.
1: Nadine,
0: at the height or the peak of his murdering spree,
1: he wrote a letter, Mars, 20, Mars uh, 1919. And I just want to read some of the things that he His salutation creeps me out. Esteemed mortal of New Orleans, hmm. the accent. what's the subject line? but it's right. not, not his um, salutation, but here goes. I'm not going to read the entire thing. I just want to read some parts. Undoubtedly, you, you Orleans, think of me as, the, as a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wish, I could pay a visit to, to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens and the worst, for I am, close, I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Now be exact at 1215 on next Thursday night, I'm going to pass over New Orleans. In my intimate mercy, I'm going to take a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is, is in full swing at the time I have mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well then, so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, And that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get
0: the ax. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know that New Orleans and jazz go together like peanut butter and jelly, right? And so, uh, you know, you've heard that people refer to jazz, which I really like jazz, as the devil's music.
1: Right, mm-hmm. when it came out, mm-hmm. jazz
0: was the devil's music. And so, you know, based upon that letter, and I believe that was not an empty threat, because if I'm not mistaken, on that night in particular that he mentioned, there was another victim, correct? Right, yeah, there was. Who, who was not playing jazz, right? And so, yep. so he, it was not an empty threat. Um, but based upon that letter, it sounds like he thought of himself as a type of uh, uh, a deity. Maybe yeah. maybe some more sort of, some form of just God or higher being that he thought he was, um but New Orleans and jazz have such a rich history together, and I find it very interesting that it's one of these, well, play the jazz, if not, I'm going to you know hurt somebody, but also, how many people, Billy, do you think follow through, play jazz? And you never know, maybe a neighbor yeah. of a victim played jazz loud enough that you couldn't hear the person scream. Correct. You know what's
1: interesting? I thought the jazz would actually be, you know, a, a mo- what is the word, um, you know, a cover for the right. actual crimes. I mean, if anything, if I were playing jazz live, and, 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 and granted, many folks opted to be in they packed um, halls and towns. And they stayed out late, or they, you know, they had bands. Even amateur bands were hired in order to fancy the, the accident. Right. Interesting enough, though, is that, you know, criminologists were very, you know, they were on the trail. They were really trying to catch this individual. But one thing they found that was quite fascinating about his storyline is that even during his, in his victims, some of them were, there were a couple that were not only axed, but they were actually shot. Mm-hmm. But you know, like or or they shot at an intruder. There was some weirdness about shooting. Right. There was some weird things that went on. I don't know if you found this out, but there was one case where there was a an, um, an intruder in one of the homes. It was a lady, and and I'm, I'm looking for her name on my list here my notes that I have on the second screen here. But in the story, the story goes like this, Nadine. She actually, um, she, <laughs> see if I can recall. She foiled or somehow foiled his cover to kill. She ended up saving the the guy who she was with. She herself was like a mistress and doing some kind of weird stuff. There was this whole other story going on that began to be unearthed because once someone is murdered or slain, right, everyone's a suspect. Anyone in contact. So for those of you who like to get freaky sneaky on the (laughs) outskirts, and you you might very well become accomplice of your an accomplice of your own of a crime that you had no part in because of your affiliation with the deceased. And so her story actually went on. It was so strange. I'll see if I can find it in the context of the story. But that's the part that's so fascinating. When people start getting murdered, criminologists are very fascinated to find the common thread among all these individuals.
0: Right, right, right. And the
1: only thing that they could really find was the fact that, one, you know, they were Italian. The biggest is the cultural connection, which makes me suspect what type of, you know, was the Axman either, you know, picking off people, was it racially spurred or encouraged? You know, what was, you know, the motive there? Or perhaps it could have been one of his own kind and he was just picking people off. Another one then, he actually, um he actually did encounter a couple other individuals who actually lived a couple of days. Some of his victims lived a couple of days and were able to faintly mm-hmm. identify him, but then they died a couple of days later. Like, So it, it, it's sad right. because Imagine to live with the pain of your suffrage of, A, you are attacked, that's already scary enough, and you're, you're, you're injured, and then to only die a couple of days later. That is a slow and agonizing death.
0: Yeah, and Billy, think historically what we got going on in the world at this time. All right? Mm-hmm. So during this time, said so 1918. Okay, so 1918 from a historical perspective, we have the start of World War One. Now, even though the United States did not get involved until there was about a year left of the war – World War One is underway, so it begins to get underway in nineteen eighteen, right? And we know that it lasts for four years. So we have that. We also have this uh, growth immigration growth from a lot of uh, Italian immigrants coming over to the United States, right? So we have these two things happening simultaneously before it gets into full blast in the in the early twenties. So these two perspectives going on, of World War One is starting, and there's an influx of immigrants uh, from Italy or from a, with an Italian background. We don't know if this person uh, took issue with immigrants, particularly. Obviously, they were a specific target. Now, maybe I don't know if he thought they were easier or whatever the case is, but clearly he they were on his radar for whatever reason. Right, and so yeah. we don't know those, but there's definitely some sort of tie-in to it, and we don't know. The person could have been Italian American themselves, and carrying right, out these crimes. Right, you know, one of his victims, Nadine, was Ann
1: Schneider. She, um, she was pregnant at the time of her victimization, and her husband came in. You know, she actually was able to give birth. You know, she was able to, the, baby, the, the baby was born. You know, a healthy baby was born but her face was bashed in and, it, it, and, and so this guy was purposeful to attack people. There was no force entry in many of these cases either. So, and then a couple of places were ransack, ransacked, but there was nothing to hatred. And so it's weird, it's weird. And it goes back, you just reminded me at the very start of this episode, the fact that people did live in a time when people, the world was safer, right? Certain right. spaces in America were safer than others, and people took that for granted, unfortunately. They took it for granted. So, folks, yeah. before we proceed, we want to encourage you, go ahead and send in those emails. We're getting a couple coming in on my side. I'm sure you're getting some in. Nadine. Yeah. As well as, we want to play a brief moment to play a little message for one of our supporters.
0: I'm Poltergeist, and I make inappropriate songs about horror movies.
1: So basically, I just <laughs> came to people Take a peek, take a key, 12 cabins, 12 vacancies, 12 bodies, mother, pray for me, I might go psycho occasionally, one body, too many, pray for me, cause
0: we all go a little mad sometimes. No so happy ever raptor, just chapter, raptor, chapter, raptor, chapter, massacre, <laughs> make the Ripper look like an amateur ambassador of the slasher. <laughs>
1: The dead, Lord of the Dead, you can wake up in the
0: covert this bed. This is the hour for morning and friend free of the blood that was poured in his head.
1: All of the apologies that you can muster from your dread. Won't protect you on your bed. Nothing will from pumpkin This is not a dream, baby. This ain't Halloween, baby.
0: Subscribe on YouTube at PoltergeistOD. Follow me on Instagram and the Slasher app at Poltergeist underscore OD.
1: Shout out to Poltergeist underscore OD. Support him and check him out on Instagram. What a talented and amazing artist. Thank you for your support. And now, Nadine, we have several folks who are coming in with some questions. Let me just one out to you. Spencer writes, it impressed me as well as scared me how the Axeman could control the community. It's a very good point.
0: Mm-hmm. The right. idea
1: of people blasting jazz all night to deter a killer is scary. Again, yeah. there's music playing – Here again, here's music playing a role in horror. Do you think this was purposeful on behalf of the killer? Think he wanted to make history?
0: I think it was absolutely purposeful. I, I, I think it was – I don't think he threatened people that you have to play jazz to um, – Because he had this undying love to jazz. I think he did that so it could be a cover-up so that if he walks by a house and one particular house isn't playing jazz, you can't hear from the street or from outside, but the house next door is, okay, I'm going to go into the silent house and that person could scream or whatever, but now I'm in the guise of the music. So who's really going to hear me, right? So I kind of think it was purposeful. As in reference to did he want to be remembered in history, I think that he's forgotten in reference to serial killers for the most part because there have been so many other serial killers have come out after him. Um but I don't I, I definitely think that it was purposeful. I don't think he had some love for Jazz. I think he used it as a decoy. Billy, would you agree with that? I agree.
1: It was a cover up. Because, and, and think about this, Nadine, if you, if that were to, if we lived in and that were to occur, right, definitely we'll probably right. be hanging out in the same space and trying to jazz it up. But even at some point, I mean, at some point, even when you hear the radio or you're watching TV, at some point you want to turn it off, right? You don't want to right. hear the sound anymore. So that looks been like crazy nauseating, at least in the, auditory, in the auditory sense, to have to live through that for your own mortality to play music and to keep it going. Folks did, you know, I have to share that many serial killers do things for notoriety, and so he wanted that. And I think there is, I think Simpson's right on the the control aspect, which you alluded to earlier, Nadine, there's a strong sense of control over people. Imagine an entire city or community doing the bidding of someone they have no idea who they're following and, and supporting. Think about that. It's crazy. And that kind of control is eerie. And those are the types of individuals, you know what's kind of sad is this whoever the man was, just like the Watcher. Remember the Watcher, Nadine? You heard about the Watcher, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. You yeah. know, the person who sends a letter people bought a house and they're receiving letters. I'm thinking to myself, there's a strong sense of control. And in both cases, people are constantly watching their every move. To, to think that you could go to sleep at night and find an intruder in, your, intruder in your home and never wake up or be able to tell the story. And so that, that there's so much not just the physical blunt of the situation it's the psychological impact which is so, it, 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 I think it's even worse than many of the other theory killers we've watched or have encountered before because you don't know, you're watching from all angles where to look and where to right. try and what to do in order to survive
0: yeah and this is a shock to them, like I said people had their guards down generally at that time, so one, sus- one uh, victim or two victims, that's a shock to the system already now you're talking about uh, you know, the victims start piling up. Right. And as the victims start piling up, now you have an even uh you know, you have people even more on edge than they were before. It, it clearly after some time, I think even after the first victims, controlled the community in reference to um control the community in reference to um you know, people being maybe a little bit more paranoid and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we know that New Orleans, they have their fair share of ki- serial killers. We discussed Madame LaLaurie before, and the Axemen as well. You know,
1: the one thing I've read in a couple of his victim cases, the axe was found on the premises, on, on a few of these cases, not far off. So it's like almost like the sign, like, I was here, right?
0: Right, a signature. So the, the
1: bloody axe would remain, which was crazy. And then on top of that. Some of these victims, I, I, it's weird when we look, okay, let's compare it. When we did Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer, look, he focused on targeted specific males. Yeah. Um, many of them were um, African descent. There was a, there was a yeah. common thread in that regard. Right. And then, of course, we know what he did. He ate them. This gentleman just did it for the sport. It's almost like a cat. You know how cats, they like to go and play with their victims. Mm-hmm. They don't really kill right. them unless they have to survive. They just do it for the cause.
0: All and right. that's
1: kind of crazy. And then one more thing about that. At the very end, one of his last victims, the name is Mike Pitone. Um, mm-hmm. He was attacked on October of 2019. He was like the last one. And it says him in the report that he and his wife was awakened by a noise that arrived at the door of their bedroom. And then at the bedroom was an axe-roving man. Um, and then that, and, and as, as they, they, they you know, the guy, the, the gentleman, Pitone, he was struck in the head and was covered with blood however um eventually obviously he died the mother they, they had six children okay
0: mm-hmm. and
1: here's the part that's so concerning is because they're hitting he's really attacking people in different pockets yes they may be immigrants italian immigrants but these are people who are already trying to just make a living they're trying to live the american dream live a quality of life and all of that was torn you know torn from them and there were children at stake here folks He didn't murder children but children also were victims, too, because their parents were, were taken off. And so it's, it's just another level of crazy that we haven't seen before. Zodiac brought another perspective. But Zodiac was very particular, right? And Zodiac was right. very uh, methodical, whereas it's hard to follow the pattern or the method here. And, Deem, I got a question for you, one more. Do you think that the FBI, now when these things start going on, the FBI has gotten pretty good over the years, you know, especially mm-hmm. in cases. I'm wondering, is this an ex-file of of the FBI, or did they even touch it?
0: I don't know if they would have touched it at this particular time. At this particular time, there's still – there's a lot going on um, in reference to prohibition, women's suffrage, and all of these things going on. So I – especially prohibition. The FBI spent a lot lot of time looking after prohibition, and so – I, I don't know it, how how well into the case they looked at that particular time. I mean, obviously now I would assume its a, it, it is a cold case. They never really definitively they ha- they thought they had a suspect. Uh, I'm not saying the FBI just in general they thought they had a suspect um, who would eventually get killed by one of the wives of one of the victims.
1: Yeah, I'm not
0: mistaken, right. She killed the person that they th- that the police thought was the suspect. And so we're never really going to know, right? So at this time, I feel like the FBI may not have uh, – I, I think that they perhaps were focusing on issues that may have been a little bit more broader. I mean, you know, uh, what's more important, uh, prohibition or a serial killer? Obviously, you know, in my opinion, prohibition should have never happened, but yeah. it is what it is. I, I think it kind of occupied their time greatly.
1: Sarah Lawman. Um, She was a victim, but she actually lived to tell the story. So uh, she was victimized, but she didn't die. So there were six that died and six that lived, right? Right. So she lived alone. She was a single woman. And when her neighbors found her, she was one of the the second to the last that was attacked. Mm -hmm. And the intruder had gotten into the home. She was hit and injured by the head. An axe was found in the yard, but she lived. And she said she couldn't recall who attacked her. So this person clearly was watching and praying and found a means to get in. And it goes back to that original question. Folks, today we live in, we trust nothing today. <laughs> I yeah. If there is yeah. anything good, and I know that sounds sad, but if, if it's anything better, we know to lock our doors, we know to turn on, we have options in terms of cameras and alarm systems, yeah. dogs, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so many protections, right? And of course, others that people choose to do. It's just sad that there's, you know, these each of these cases is so fascinating. They all weren't killed. The axe was there, but the axe was only a component. There's no common thread among these victims. And this right. was creepy. And this just creeps me out.
0: Right, right. And again, I, I agree with you to your point that I think this was just something he was doing for sport. And then at some point, it, it, there, the connection I see to him and the Zodiac is that at some point, now I'm going to taunt you because I can get away with it. Hence the letters the Zodiac sent, hence the letters of the been left, right? So I think that there's a, a component there definitely. Billy, got a question here from our good buddy Max. Max says, imagine if a serial killer was to erupt in your hometown. What would you guys do, and how would you feel? Well, number one,
1: I would not talk about it on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> because
1: as much, I mean, as much as, I mean, we have, I call, you know what I call the theory killer today, Nadim? And we've seen it. Unfortunately, Miami is making national news in terms of these shootings yeah. and things that are going on. Correct. I mean, in a way, it's, it's not, it's serial in the sense that it's repetitive. And so it's just, for me, if it were happening in our own town, I don't know how I would react. I know that I wouldn't be talking about it quite yet because I'm still living in the moment. But at some point, this would need to be uncovered. I would also say that maybe, just maybe Miami's not a good place for serial killers. Yes, there's so many people you can't hide in the shadows. But I also think that this is not a good space because someone's going to tell. Folks are a lot more open here to certain things, not all things. But I think that there's someone is bound to catch something, even if it's just a camera to capture something. There's more yeah. of a likelihood that you could run into the light on this one. If you're a serial killer versus if you're living in more rural or, um, or, or, or country or sparse spaces, things are more likely to occur. And it could be a while before there could be a common thread or pattern that's established. What do you think? Yeah.
0: Well, I, I agree with you. Miami, and, and for people who've never visited, you know, what you see in the music videos and what you, what you see in TV is one part, but there's whole other elements to Miami. And there's some parts of it that may feel like the Wild West, and that's the truth. Um, in reference to if there was something like that going on in our hometown, a serial killer, how would we feel? I think, Billy, that you and I both live in a very... uh, We live aware of our surroundings. Mm -hmm. Right? So, I think that our our sense of what's going on around us is pretty heightened as it is. I think it'd probably be even a little bit more heightened if needed. Um, But would it cause some type of paranoia? I think at some point you take the precautions that you can that you can logically take to protect yourself and your family inside your home. And I think after that, um, you just have to be aware of your surroundings. Obviously, the smaller the town, the scarier it would become. right? Mm, I think true. the bigger the town, as you said, the bigger the city you live in big city, it's a lot of people. There's a lot of cameras. There's a lot there of is. eyes. And you know is. what? There's a lot of guns. There's a lot of gun owners in Miami. Uh, all over the country, but in Miami, there's a lot of gun owners. So I don't know if serial killers would want to roll the dice on that one, to be honest with you. So, I like the
1: fact, you know, the dean, the, the idea of looking at the, the widow, uh, Pepitone his wife being able to, you know, you know, a suspect to kill the, you know, you know, this lady who killed or allegedly killed the Zodiac, that would make a cool story. I think it would make a super cool story to give a point yeah. of view that, and you know, you know, that it takes the femme fatale to a whole other level actually, because if it's about revenge or vigilante justice, why is it that we're more okay with that?
0: And what if <laughs> she was like, wrong? Right. Yeah, what if true. she was that's wrong? Because the, this was just a suspect,
1: right? Yeah, How many know, times
0: right? <laughs> have we looked at cases where it's not the first three suspects and it ends up being the fourth one? So what if she was wrong and she ended up killing an innocent person?
1: Yeah. Scary. Scary. Oh, sorry. Sorry, 3000. S-A-R-R-Y 3000. Listen to this, Nadine. Uh, by the way, folks, we'll just put this shout-out down. If you want to send us questions or comments, we're half, half an hour into the show. Send them to at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or at frighttallguys at gmail.com or at ntabch, N-T-B-A-S-C-H on Instagram. So here, here comes a thing. Sari, S-A-R-R-3,000. To be attacked during sleep is super scary. What were security devices – where were security, uh, security devices such as bolts and hinges, Like you know, back then? It seems as though the killer had no problem getting in.
0: Yeah, and, and I'd say that, you know, depending on the city you lived in, a lot of people have fire escapes, right? A lot of people have, have and had back doors. And remember when we talked um, – sorry, 3000, remember when we mm-hmm. talked – about people having the doors unlocked and stuff, it would be the front end the back door. Sometimes people would enter through the back door and the front door was only for guests. And so what we're talking about is we're talking about a lot of locations that had multiple entrances with no security cameras, no alarms. Um, even dogs as domestic pets were not as common as they are today, which is, you know dogs are one of the best security systems that you can have in my opinion and, and so in in reference to the question is it easier to get in at that point i think that there's you know you had a you had a lock and if you can get through that lock assuming that those people actually bolted the door i mean what else was there to stop you and i agree the the whole you know, death in the middle of the night or, or somebody can harm you in the middle of the night. It is very, very scary. I mean, a lot of homes today in South Florida and all over the country, they have back doors, but people have them locked and people have a fence and people have lights and those things, you know, the cameras and all that, that didn't, that didn't happen back then. So yeah, I agree. It, it was probably easier to gain access to those properties. Billy, would you agree with that? Yeah,
1: th- yeah, they were. Think about it today in the demo. How many cases do you hear in the news? At least here locally here in Miami or South Florida. Folks run into the gas station to go get something. They leave mm-hmm. their car unattended and unlocked. Mm-hmm. Or people will get break-ins. You know, there's certain communities we've heard about, like down south, where they'll leave their cars unlocked. It's only reverting back to what happened almost 100 years ago, people feeling that their community is safe, that there's this false sense of community. Mm-hmm. And folks, by and all, I means, we're not here to scare folks. We just want people to be woke, if, if mm-hmm. yeah. we aware, of yeah. what world we live in today. And the world we live in today, yes, is different than it was a hundred years ago. But people are still people, regardless of era.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And and, yeah, it, it's not to scare. Well, I mean, it's to scare you a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, because the X story is scary, right? But mm-hmm. um, but it's also again the heightened of just your. I listen. We have said throughout different shows, it's just a good thing in general. In the society and the world we live in, no matter where you live in the world, that you should just be aware of your surroundings and not lollygag on your phone as you're walking through places. I have a question here for, for you, Billy, from Todd. And Todd says, I actually thought the Axman murders were for a more extended period. Were you surprised to learn that it was just a short period?
1: No, I was not surprised, Nadim. I'll tell you why. And Todd, I'll say the same. The reason why is because, yes, some of the murders did extend themselves. Most serial killers, they extended their periods over time. They take a hiatus and they return. But in order to keep it up, at some point, somebody or something could could have run cold or be out it. And so right. I wasn't surprised that it was a good year. It was, because there's only so much time that you can control people before something gets filled, right? And right. so I believe the accident, if I could paint this picture for you, Todd, and order because the, the action was able to get around or, or, or last as long as he did, I believe he was a commoner in the community. He was probably someone average, affluent, well-liked, had such full faculties and control of his being and behavior that no one would have questioned. He probably could have been even a married man or a family man, and probably yeah. was in a position or a space that granted him access to knowledge about some of the victims that gave him the insights to get in. And I also believe it was a male. I don't think it was a female um, serial killer. I definitely think it was a male. And I also have to say, unfortunately, it was, you know, the, the whole Creole um, aspect, the New Orleans which already in itself is very spiritual. It only lends itself further to the atmospheric reality of what this killer could do. And so I, I believe that the, the time frame was very appropriate. It was only so much time. And then here, let me just share this. One more thing. Listen to, the, listen to the final lines of the letter that he wrote on March 1919. Well, as I am cold and the armed, the warmth of the native Tartarus, and it is about time I leave your earthly home, I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee. I have been and am and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, that doesn't come from the mind of a sound individual. Not at all. And and he obviously, be, he was not okay.
1: But the may maybe a creative. You know, as, I'm not saying, folks, we are not the Zodiacs. We're not, the Zodiacs, <laughs> we're not the serial killers, or do we intend to be. But creatives can create. Well, you know this well, as a fellow creative, we have the ability to recreate worlds and realms and spaces and to encrypt it. In a yeah. way to make audience enjoy, could be someone very average and very full aware of their gifts, just sadly didn't use them in the right way with the world.
0: I agree with you as creatives, what is something that we do, Billy? and we do this and it comes People naturally to we change people's perspectives that's what yes. we do. We literally Why? change your perspective and we do it on this show sometimes too, and we do it. you do it in in different avenues as well because you're a a well published author, and because you also do it um, in different areas of the creative, but we change people's minds, we change people's perspectives, and so the Axman have done that. Yes, could he have portrayed one thing, convince you that he is one thing, and then at the same time convince you that he's another? Absolutely. Absolutely. One more thought, Nadine. One more thought
1: to that. Do you think the Axman works solo? Could yes. have been the workings of more
0: than one person. I think the Axman worked solo. Okay. I think okay. the Axeman worked solo. Um, and and the reason why is because there were a few people that survived but then died after. I believe if he worked with somebody else, I don't think they would have even survived for a day.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. Mm. They're, no, not, they're That is not. why. That is why. Yep. have a question coming your way from Patty. Patty says, could there have been a copycat murderers? Some people are sick. It may be propelled the stories and number of victims if there was more than one killer. So what do you think about this, Billy? Do you think the Axeman was copycatted after the first victims, or do you believe it was the same individual?
1: I honestly don't know. That's a good question, Patty. There's so many loose ends to Mm. to this situation. You know how you try to look at the numerology of it? I try to think, well, maybe, you know, the Zodiac had zodiacs. <laughs> you know, right. so that helped <laughs> at least made it more um, intriguing. This is different. So I couldn't even get that an understanding on that. Why these specific individuals, I would love to have known their ages at the time. We don't really have that information available, at least readily. I feel that there may, I feel there was only one person. I think this was the actions of one individual who had access. The more people who know stuff, you know, it's like a telephone. Word gets out. If you want to do something and truly surprise someone, right, whether it be with a gift or a or a kill, you have to do it in isolation. You've got to do it privately. You got to keep the thought to your chest or to your mind or heart in order to act, execute it effectively. And so I, I, I don't know, Patty. I think that I, I, could there have been copycat? I don't think there were copycats in this one. So what about you, Nadine? Do you think there was a copycat here?
0: No, I mean, it's a great question, Patty, but I it's don't good think good it was question, a It's a good question, actually. Think of that. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't think the idea of copycat serial killers came about so easily. I think it's something that developed as – I think one of the reasons people uh, would copycat serial killers is because they wanted some form of notoriety themselves. And I don't think that that was something that a lot of people were after at this time. So I don't believe that it was a a copycat. I actually think that the Axeman, whoever he was, committed all these crimes himself. Yeah, I think it was
1: a solo, I think it was a solo affair. I do, yeah. I really do. And what to add to that is, you know, Patty, I will say this, I feel that if, if it wasn't, you know, if, if if it could have been more than one individual, it just would have been too much. Because think about the way in which it was orchestrated. Yeah, folks, would think it was simple because there was an ax and you find an ax in the front yard or whatever the case may be, because it was the ax man symbol, right? And and many of these serial killers, at least in, this, in these times, they were all very, notorious for, like, leaving a reminder that I was here, you know? And that only feeds further their egos and their, their narcissistic natures. I don't think it was a copycat. Now, Nadim, the, the I got a question for you here from Roberta. Listen to this. I hear that the Axeman, that the Axeman was murdered by a woman, okay? So we yeah. talked about uh-huh. this already. At least he was one of the, at least he was one of the suspects alleged to have done all the killings. Right, correct. That would be sweet justice fall into the hands of a woman, especially in those times.
0: Do you agree? Roberta, I like the way you think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, I think it would be sweet, just especially at this time. You know, we got, what do we have around, this is in the 1918, all right? We got 1920 comes woman woman's suffrage, so we know this mm-hmm. is before that. Women are fighting for their rights to vote and stuff like that. So, you know what? If the person was really the, we'll never know, really was the axeman, yeah, it's kind of sweet justice and it maybe it a little bit better that it was a female that did it at that particular time. I mean, talk about women empowerment.
1: <laughs> I think the fact that women were given, especially looking at, like you said, looking at um, women's suffrage at the period and understanding what this nation has endured so much, you know, and what women have endured so much as a result of it. I think that would make for a great story. And I think also, too, though, even still, she would have been subjugated. They would have hated on her. And the fact that they were found some reason to ostracize her. If it were a male who had done it, and that person would have been hailed a hero, but not a woman, not a woman at all, not a woman at all, Roberta.
0: All right. I have a question here for you, Billy. Still got a few Mm -hmm. more. I have one from Bob Horror. Bob Horror. That's a good name, by the way. I like that, Bob. All right. Bob Horror (laughs) says, I heard there were a few scandals with some of the victims in terms of their personal lives. Did you hear about this?
1: So, 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 so. There was this one case where, like I said earlier, and I was trying to search for it as we were talking. So there was one particular case. Let me name the victims here, folks. So the victims' names that I was we were able to come across. Thank you, Wikipedia, because so you were very you were a good start. Um, mm-hmm. Joseph Maggio and Catherine Maggio, um, Louis Bessemer, Harriet Lowe. And so Harriet Lowe is the one that actually um, was the story. So according to the storyline that it said there, after the truth of her marital status was revealed publicly, Lowe told reporters from the Times That she was no longer aid the police in their investigation, as she suspected that had been, that it had been, that that, because of the fact that what had happened to her, as far as exposing her extramarital affairs, was a lot more important to cover up than to find a serial killer, (laughs) and that is interesting. So then I started thinking, wait a minute, one side of her face. Listen to this though. One side of her face was partially paralyzed. Okay. And during the victim, she lived. Okay. And then it wasn't, you know, she, and she went to get surgery for this. She actually lived and survived her attack, but died a few days, at, um, a few days after her surgery um, to help fix the, par- the paralyzed, um, you know, situation. And so she told authorities that she would no longer cooperate, but then she did say that she suspected that it was Louis Bessemer who had attacked her. And, he, and, 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 and she, by the way, Lewis was a married man. She was the mistress to him. Okay? So now, one suspect, number one, is Lewis Bessimer. There's another suspect that comes up whose name is Joseph. And then there's a victim who also had the name Joseph. So it gets a little confusing. And so she, I thought it was so interesting that, okay, we have a killer running around. No, no, but my marital meaning I don't want to be looked at like, a, look, look like a slut. So therefore, I'm just going to cover that up. I'm not going to cooperate with the police. You know what? That's not a good move, especially for women's movements and, and, and the movement forward. Tragically still, whether she did what she did in the dark or not, you know, in terms of her being right. a mistress, the point is she didn't deserve to die that way or to deal with that situation. Interesting right. Stuff.
0: Yeah. And interesting check stuff. this one out, Billy. So the first victims, which was Joseph Maggio and Catherine Maggio. So they found as the police are searching the premises after... Their, the the bodies were discovered by Joseph Maggio's brother, okay? His brother was Andrew yeah. Maggio, okay? So as the police are searching the premises, they find a razor, and the razor – there was a razor that was used to slash their throat. It was find, found on the neighbor's lawn. They come to find out that that razor belonged to the barbershop that the victim's brother, Andrew Maggio, owned, Okay. One of the employees there said, oh, Andrew Maggio, he took the Razor home because he said that there was a nick in it and he wanted to clear it out. Now, when the police uh, questioned Andrew Maggio, he said that he didn't hear the cries because he was in a drunken state. But for a while there, Andrew Maggio, the brother of the first victim, was actually the prime suspect. Okay.
1: See, that that adds a whole <laughs> other layer of crazy. See, it's almost it's, – it's like bizarre. You know, these folks – I just read a story earlier today, Nadine. You just this whole entire one episode of this victim this victim situation reminds me of a story that I came across where there was a guy who was a CEO, a tech CEO, who was murdered by people it's alleged that he was murdered by his assistant who became obsessed with his lifestyle. And so I I hear it again. Now now we have this, this this version. That man, the brother, had intimate access to knowledge of the Maggio family, the business, I'm assuming, because of, because of um, you know, relations, being a relative. And so as a result, it leaned back to what I said earlier. This person was well aware and had access. Yeah. Now it kind of goes back to Patty's question. Now I'm just confused. I think it was Patty or Roberta who was talking yeah, about, about, about the poppycat. I mean, like...
0: <laughs> also, Andrew, Andrew Maggio lived in the neighboring apartment. Ah, Right. Hmm. So that's why when the police questioned him, why didn't you hear screams or anything, he said, well, I was intoxicated. He but the razor know. that was used was a razor taken from his barbershop that he took himself, both found on the neighbor's lawn. See, it just seems like the cops did a
1: lot of stuff fly back in the day. I guess we yeah. didn't have, I mean, I'm not, you know, folks who don't think so sadistically of me, at least, but you know when, they, when I watch these crime shows and, they, and I see the interrogation, some of them know how to go in and know how to make people crack, right? And so these, it seems like they just took whatever was at face value because people were of good name or service in the community. Right. And that yeah. was that. Yeah. And that allowed for good cover. Very sad. Very sad. I agree. I agree with you. I got a question for you from Celia. Celia. The Axman has been brought up again and again in books, documentaries, and films. Do you think the world is ready for yet another film about it? What spin would you like to see on it if it did?
0: So, I listen, whenever it comes to – there are some horror movies that I think are just overdone or some stories that are overdone. I don't think The Axeman was one of them yet because – I'm going to tell you why. A lot of the spins in, of The Axeman are not the actual serial killer Axeman from Louisiana. And At one point, I know there was a movie that came out of The Axeman, but it was some guy like in the woods had nothing to do with the actual yeah. Louisiana serial yeah. killer, right? I remember that. So yeah. I think if they were to get it right, what would I like to see? I think I would like uh, them to dive in and the Axemen be somebody that perhaps at the time was a celebrity or a politician or something to that effect. Somebody very, very well known that nobody would suspect this from. I think that would be a very interesting spin or even – Hey, why the hell not? A priest.
1: Hmm. That would bring a different spin of perspective. It brings in the religiosity aspect. Right. I think that would be interesting. That's a very good thought. I would also say, if, if, and, if, and here's another thought, Celia, kind of reminds reminiscent of what I said a little, a little earlier. If we could focus more on the storyline of the person who took him out and yeah. made that you know, even if it's fanatical, if we just took it and made it well, you know, made it the focus and the point of view, that would, and then justify almost these murders. What, how would you feel, Nadine, if we found that there was some darker stories or a common thread among all the victims, that each of them had done some criminal thing in their, in their own ways, then it may have justified their demises? then it would justify yeah. the, the purpose of the accident. So he becomes its anti-hero in a sense. So that would yeah. be another spin that would probably be, be unique or compelling. But it's only so much that you can do when it comes to bloody murders. Definitely the easy route, fairly would be to make it an, um, a slasher thriller. But who wants – I mean, yeah, I, no, love, I, mean I I still like those every once in a while, but they're not my favorite, favorite. <laughs> so right. I kind of like the spooky stuff. I want to see some powers. I want to see some special effects every once in a while. But I do like a good scare, too, with, with a slasher. So we'll see, Celia. We'll see.
0: Got a question here for you, Billy, from Denver. We love Denver over here. Denver's oh, always yes ready right. to. do. These great questions. Yes, Thank do. you so much, Denver. The early 20th century seemed to be riddled with killers, wars, and societal challenges. <laughs> you ain't lying, Denver. <laughs> Could you have stomached all the chaos back then?
1: Denver, we're doing it now.
0: I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same damn thing for Twitter right now. <laughs> Denver, we're
1: doing it right now. We are suffering in such a unique way. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating, but yet we, you know, we'll, we'll it's what it is. I, I think that back then, folks were suffering in their own way. I mean, think about this. This is around 1919, you know, 18 to 1919. It's a, almost a decade before the Great Depression. Also, we had a very thriving America. It was becoming yeah. its own international capital. You know, capitalism was, was well in, in place in certain aspects, but it was becoming its own state-owned brand, right? So the brand that we now live and enjoy today. And so I think that if could we have stomached it, we would have had no choice, Denver. We would have had to mm-hmm. do what we had to do, just like we're doing right now. What are your thoughts, Andy?
0: Um... I wanna say that I believe that some of the things we're going through now may be worse than some of the things that society was going through then in general um, you know, so I could listen people in general the human race is resilient, right, and if you just think Denver back upon the past couple of years, I'm sure you're gonna find that. You may even be surprised at yourself how resilient you've been with all the things that we've all had to deal with in the pandemic and societal issues and things that are going on. I think that in some respects today could be worse than it was then. In other aspects, for certain people, it could obviously be worse. Um, But can we stomach it? It's Like you said, what choice do we have? We had to stomach a pandemic. We're still doing it. We didn't have a choice for that. We have to stomach all types of things going on in the country that we didn't have a choice for that either. So people are resilient more than we give them credit for, and I think that yeah, I, I, you do what you have to do and you move on. You look for um, you look after your immediate family and friends, and then you charge forward. And I think that's the way that a lot of people handle things back then. And I think that's a lot of uh, the way a lot of people handle things now.
1: Mm, good advice, Nadine. And Didi sends this question, and she writes. Buzzfeed Unsolved did a follow up on the accident. Have you seen it? And would you be brave enough to do a documentary on the serial killer in your own neck of the woods?
0: I have not seen the Buzzfeed, um the BuzzFeed update but I would love to see it. Would I do a documentary on a serial killer in the my own neck of the woods? I would. I absolutely would. Only because the intrigue would get me To know, to want to dig deeper, to know what is going on. Yeah, I want to know what's going on across the country, but I'd rather know what's going on in my own backyard first. So absolutely. And I agree, it does take a a sense of bravery to be able to do that. But yeah, I would absolutely do a documentary on something like that. What about you, Billy? Because I do know that you have a filmography mindset as well.
1: Uh, yes, and Dede, you're, you're speaking our, our language here. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, to that question. I have not seen the BuzzFeed Unsolved, and thank you for the recommendation. We'll check it out. But I would say that there I think, I think, especially if you have an edge or an advantage of a local community to get things done, uh, such as, you know, historical knowledge of a, of a community, why not is the question. And so I think that's great. And any filmmakers who are coming out of the program, whether it be graduate programs or undergrad programs or just general film enthusiasts, I think there's a lot to gain by doing such diving. Now, my only recommendation is don't dive into it. If it's currently going on at the moment, wait some time before you go diving in because right. there, it, 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 there could be other implications, all seriously. There could be other implications and it could be, drag you into circumstances that, that you may not be ready for or intended to uncover or at least become part of the story yourself. Right, so,
0: yeah. And you obviously in no way want to obstruct any kind of investigation. You got to let law enforcement do their own thing. You got to let law enforcement do things and you don't want to do a documentary at the moment that may impede on something that they're doing because, after all, their job is they're doing their job trying to catch the person who's committing these crimes. Mm, good point, very good point
1: How are your questions over there, Nadine? Because we're coming down the last uh, few hours I, I have know? one
0: more question uh, From okay. Jack, says I like how American Horror Story incorporated the Axemen Into its Coven Season 3 What do you make of this addition to that season storyline?
1: Oh I, I, forgot, I forgot about that I thought it was absolute It kind of goes in and it reinforces what the, the lady did You know, Allegedly murdering mm-hmm. the Axemen
0: right, But in right. this case
1: of the witches Who did it and I thought that was really cool to add that sub-storyline to there and to so allow one of the witches to fall in love with the Axeman who murdered her, you know, the head right. of the coven. So I thought that was super cool. Super cool concept.
0: Yeah. And, and coven is, is my favorite American horror go, story. Yes. Yes. Yeah, season three is my favorite, to be honest with you. I really, really enjoyed that. So, dude, we got one final question coming
1: in and it's from Alan. And it just popped in. It says, I can't remember the last time I heard about the axman." But I am sure going to look the story up again. Look up the story again. What other stories are you guys interested in exploring in the months or years to come? Do you have a suggestion for Alan, folks? Uh, Alan, our our listener here today, because he's
0: asking questions that are very uh, right up our alley, of course. (laughs) Well, Alan, I think that there is... I, we're all at least I'm always partial to like mythological creatures or things that we can't really prove. You know, an episode of Loch Ness or Bigfoot or whatever it is combined into one is not bad. But um, in reference to figures, I think you'd be surprised to find that there is a lot of dark figures in history, and what we know and what we what we only know sometimes uh, very little. The tip of the iceberg when it comes to these stories. So there are stories of mad scientists trying to make people into different stuff, like Frankenstein, or to try to cross people with gorillas for gorilla soldiers. Okay, which is a history reference, obviously to World War II. But um, I, I think we'll dive into some of those at some point. But, you know, Alan, you could always go to our site and you could see our upcoming list of shows. And when you go to that, you're going to see that we got a lot of cool things coming up on that list um, that's on the Everyday Folks site. So if you look there, you can go ahead and you can start planning every other Friday. Don't make any plans, Alan, because you know what you got to do is listen to the show. All right. (laughs) Now, I want to I want to mention I want to mention that today's episode marks episode number twenty three. And what that means for you as the listener is that you have 23 hours of show to listen to. And now, Billy, where else are we available now? Oh, we're
1: now available on Spotify. So you can listen to all of our episodes on Spotify, on Apple, um, Apple Play, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. We're on the hot three spots, folks, and more to come. And do stick around in the next two weeks because on June 18th, our next episode is about un- the uh, underworld figures. Underworld figures. So you got to join us to see what it's, what it's going to be about. And also go to Fright Talk, guys. And subscribe and support us. Like us on Instagram. Go to our Facebook page. We have cool stuff and our flyers are posted there. Subscribe at everydayfolksradio.com and you can get all the updates there too.
0: Any final words of well, I just want to thank you guys for all the support to us and all the outpouring of love. We so appreciate it. And we definitely see the love because we have a very strong uh, group of listeners. So we're very, very proud of that. And thank you guys so much. And, again, till the next time, for Nadim Tab, stay spooky. And
1: we will see you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>